And welcome to The Real Money Show, broadcasting on the Chorus Radio Network and worldwide via the web for over six years. You're listening to The Real Money Show, brought to you by Guildhall Wealth Management. Today in studio, we have the Vice President of Guildhall, Jeremy Weisman, and our Senior Analyst, uh, Darren Long. They're here, well-respected in the bullying community for a combined 21 years. They've been helping people uh, world over, really, uh, since 2002 to purchase and own physical gold, silver, and colored diamonds. They are not representatives. They are not financial advisors or planners in past performance of gold, silver, or colored diamonds is not indicative of future performance. The number to call to start investing, you know it by now, one 878 silver You want to go to therealmoneyshow.com and get the Precious Metal Advisor, the Investor Kit. And for uh, it's still happening, the, uh, the special, as a matter of fact, for every $5,000 of bullion purchased at the Guildhall e-store, receive a gram, one gram gold maple leaf coin. That's how it goes, the Guildhall e-store. Welcome, fellas. We, uh, Darren, we usually start with you and the week that was, the, the look back, the wrap-up, as it is. And you can rap pretty well. We're taping on a day which is very cold today, so <laughs> right. I'm uh, trying to do whatever it takes to keep warm, John. Yeah, but this is it is the biggest one. How's but, Cuba economically this year, guys? I think we should go right about now. Yes, right? absolutely. It is a oh, good no. good idea before it's uh, too expensive. Also, <laughs> but you know what? The week that was was a very good week again. Both gold and silver managed to hold within their range bound figures. Gold near the end of the week, we're taping on Thursday of this week, uh, was slightly off down into the 1220 to 1230 range, while silver is hanging around in the 1680 to $17 range. It fell off just about a week ago on Friday. We taped Thursday of last week, and on Friday, both prices came off slightly. And of course, this week again, headlines all over the place that were telling us economic signs of life in the U.S., the world's largest economy. And we're going to talk about a number of different things this week. But uh, again, both metals present yet another week of great pricing for those looking to get into the market, start investing, adding physical bullion to your portfolio, and it couldn't be any easier. Congratulations to those this week that bought a colored diamond or added gold and silver to their portfolios. Well done. Way to take advantage of pricing and to those that are about to. And this week, we're going to talk a little bit about the fact that we believe silver has bottomed. We're going to talk about the calm before the storm. We're going to talk a little bit about the 2015 uh, Silver Eagle investment demand, and we're also going to talk a little bit about uh, American Gold Eagle and Silver Eagle demands and the sales. So big show this week, but we're going to get started right off the top with an article that we used this week in the Precious Metals Advisor by a commentary um, that's written by Market Watch, and the author was, uh, is well, it's published by Market Watch, but the person they were interviewing is Craig Hemke, his uh, well-known analyst in the uh, Eurozone area, and he's written a lot extensively about uh, the marketplace at large, and he has one of the uh, you know, good track records that have been intact since day one. He called the bottom in gold uh, back uh, in 2008 and again called the bottom in uh, 2011 after that market had hit. And he was accurate in waiting to predict that bottom uh, a year later. So he's been very good and uh, we, we're glad to have him as one of our uh, favorite analysts. So he's predicted now that the gold and silver have both hit bottom. 
And in his words from the article this week, uh, which is entitled Silver Has Bottomed, he says, I'm certainly not going to shy away from what I think is plainly obvious after a sober review of the charts, namely that silver has bottomed. Finally, Hemke says, yes, it has been a long four years, but trends don't continue forever and prices aren't going to zero. And basically, Hemke explains it was always logical to assume that silver would eventually bottom and resume this bull market. And with the blowout and the uh, capitulative lows of late last year, uh, he firmly believes that that bottom is in place. I think we also want to keep in mind that gold and silver are currencies They've been currencies for thousands of years. And when it when you go to purchase any currency, if I go to the bank and buy U.S. dollars, I'm going to pay a premium to buy those. And sometimes it's expensive and sometimes it's less expensive. But the difference being gold and silver are honest currencies. You can't print them ad nauseum. Uh, try as you might to create paper versions of it. Ultimately, there's a limit to how much is out there. It took blood sweat and tears to take it out of the ground. So there's always a limit. There's a natural discipline to to, ha- to, to gold and silver as currencies. And that doesn't make me um, a proponent of the gold standard per se, but it does mean that if you're going to own currencies in your portfolio, why wouldn't you want one of the steadiest of all time? It's outlasted every single fiat currency. So with that said, given what, what Craig Hemke is saying, ultimately, if you view gold and silver as a com- as a currency, you'll see that it's a very strong currency to have for the long term. What did uh, Hemke say about 2015 there? Well, in that article, it's interesting because he points out that uh, with the nearly four-year brutally enforced bear market behind us, uh, there should be an expectation that both silver and gold will forge ahead. But of course, in particular, silver, if we're looking at where it's heading, he's watching for the weekly close above the old 1820 to 1860 floor, which we've talked about extensively on the show. And he thinks that if we get a close, maybe two closes above that price zone, it'll rapidly move towards 20. And he says you can also expect that there's going to be some psychological round number resistance in that zone. And that's normal. We want that. That's a healthy part of the market. But he predicts the new bull market that'll form now at this point won't be limited to just 30% and then back to to, to 20. Once 20 is bested above that 1850, 1860 floor, the next major test will be 22, which was the low established in uh, uh, back in April of 2013. And once the price finally recovers above that 22 range, the goal then becomes 26, which is exceeding the sell-off from September 2011. And I think, Darren, for those who are listening and watching the price, and they've watched the price for months or maybe even a year or so, and they're waiting to see something in the market, that might be something that they're looking to wait for. However, once we breach those type of levels, as we've seen in bull markets time and time again in gold and silver, it will pass those numbers as if they never existed, hot knife through butter, and all of a sudden we'll be at 25 before you know it. So knowing that we are at the bottom, this makes it a good opportunity to see that window to say, it's better to be a day early. It's better to be a month early than a day late. Get into the market. Buy it at the low. Again, if it's a currency and you see the currency is cheap, you buy it. If you see something that's a value, that's undervalued, you go and buy it. So I think that it's important when we're looking at the pricing and just looking at a chart, for example, we also want to, and we're going to talk about demand 
understand that there's so much behind this quiet water surface level of a price at $17 silver, $17.50. Behind it and underneath those, those calm surface is a mass amount of buying. And everyone who's been buying at these levels is certainly not going to sell it at 20 or 22 and we need to be thinking like these people who are accumulating in a stealth kind of way. So uh, the reason I'm saying this is I think it could be erroneous to wait for the price to have moved to finally make your move to purchase. Well, that's correct, Jeremy. I mean, those points are all uh, taken in context because we've been here before, haven't we? This is historically sure going to repeat itself. And if we look back to the last time this market took off in 2010 in October, even the numbers were the same. So if we look to things like uh, empirical data and the charts and what they're saying, yes, markets can be manipulated. And there's an ongoing argument about this for, you know, ever since we've been open about manipulation in silver and gold. But those those numbers you know what, really the, showed themselves. You know what, though? This, this whole thing about manipulation drives me crazy. Because, first of all, if you say the word manipulation, you're already marginalized. Because God forbid there be such a thing. Let's call it interference. When central banks interfere in the markets, when they lower interest rates, they've already made the first inter- they've already interfered once. And once you make those first interferences, you gotta make another. And now you gotta make another. And now you gotta make another. So for example, anyone looking at the US dollar today says, How on God's green earth is it this high? How could it possibly have that value? No central banker around the globe is saying, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, it's the strongest currency in the world. I, I tell you, with all of the debts that they have, with all of the unemployment, with all of the problems, I still believe that that's a strong currency. Come on, no one's really buying it. Same as anyone could look at the price of gold and silver and say there's no way that there could be a correlation that the value of that could be so low against the U.S. dollar unless the U.S. dollar is being propped up. And why is it so difficult to think that with all the quantitative easing, you can't throw some money at the treasury markets, you can't throw some money at the bond markets and push the dollar up? Well, if you were to summarize that in a nutshell for the layman investor, here's how it falls down. They've taken a ton of data. They swept it under the rug. They don't want you to know what the truth is because the truth would hurt the U.S. dollar, and they don't want that to happen just yet. They're having a hard time dealing with the idea that they have to raise interest rates at some point. I wrote about it this week in the Pressure Mills Advisor. And quite frankly, this is like a gigantic slingshot, isn't it? I mean, essentially, you're having the price pulled so far down artificially by these interferences, and they keep continuing to happen all over the world in the fallout from 2008 and all the problems that were created because of the way these people were thinking at the time. And essentially, what's at stake here? If I take $10,000 and put it in the marketplace, what's the worst that's going to happen? I mean, look, this is my opinion only, and don't take it for the truth. This is one idea. You take $10,000, put it in the market, buy some gold, and in 10 years from now, it's still worth $10,000. $10,000. There's a bad outcome for me, mm-hmm. but it's still worth 10000 I can't say the same thing about my stock portfolio. Can't say the same thing about my purchasing value, but guess what? It's not just the $10,000 that I'm concerned about. It's that it still buys $10,000 worth of goods then in 10 years from now. And that's the maintenance of the purchase power that is offered by buying and owning gold and silver. So that's one outcome. The other outcome is 
what happens if the market, after being pulled back like a tight slingshot, snaps and takes off? Stay tuned because we're going to talk about it in the next segment, and it's important. I want you to know what's going to happen and where the potential of gold and silver is. And to own gold and silver, let's talk about that, John. We'll talk about how to get some in your portfolio and do it quickly with the click of a mouse in the e-store. First, we'll take a short break. The number to start investing, one eight seven seven eight silver And when you're on therealmoneyshow.com, make sure you click on the Investor Kit, get the Precious Metal Advisor. And uh, again, it's still holding uh, holding true that for every $5,000 of bullion purchased at the Guildhall e-store, receive a one gram gold maple leaf coin. More of the Real Money Show coming up. Back with more of the Real Money Show. One eight seven seven eight silver is the number. RealMoneyShow.com to start investing. The Investor Kit, the Precious Metal Advisor, are things you should uh, get a hold of while you're there as well. And right now, for every $5,000 of bullion purchased at the Guildhall e-store, receive a one-gram gold maple leaf coin. Guys, let's talk about that, the e-store and how we start investing. Well, the e-store makes it very easy for anyone looking to get involved for the first time or they're looking for competitive pricing on uh, purchasing some precious metals. We make it very easy. Right now, anyone looking to purchase $5,000 worth of bullion in U.S. dollars will get a free one-gram gold maple coin. And it's very easy. You just register to the e-store. We've made it very easy even now for payments. We can accept different types of payments and make that very easy. So if you're you're having any difficulty or have some questions about it while you're logging on, please feel free to give us a call, and we can certainly help you with that. But that makes it really easy for anyone who wants to get in for the first time. When people are buying gold and silver for the first time, they, they want to put a little bit in their hand. Mm-hmm. They, once, once they've put a little bit in their hand, now we can work towards maybe getting up to that 10% of your portfolio being in, in gold and silver as a hedge. But the first part is getting, getting it into your hands, and we find it's a great way for people to uh, get a feel for Guildhall, build up that, that relationship, and, and go from there. The other thing that we offer at Guildhall is a depository. For anyone looking to own over 500 ounces of silver, you really want to start to think about your your storage, your insurance. Is it easy to liquidate? Can I pick up the phone and sell my bullion? Do I own my bullion? Is it physical gold and silver as opposed to something paper, like certificate? Vapor. We want what we do at the at the depository is it's allocated it's segregated. There's no counterparty risk. It's outside the banking system. And we find that during these times, there's less and less trust of central banks, less and less trust of the banking system itself. I read an article last week, we had it in the Precious Metal Advisor, that if there was a a downturn in the Canadian housing market, that could spell absolute disaster for the Canadian banks. Do we want to have all of our money in it? This is why you have a hedge of gold and silver. Our depository located in Toronto, again, allows people to put a scratched bar in the depository. They can go visit and kiss and hug that scratch bar. If they want to take delivery of that scratch bar in three years, that's the exact bar they're going to get. So the idea is to make it incredibly transparent while keeping it incredibly safe and secure at the same time. So what we really enjoy about it, what our customers like about it, is that they know they have it, just like a safety deposit box, except that they're in a facility that's focused purely on gold and silver ownership. If they need to buy or sell something, all they have to do is pick up a a phone, 
It's done within seconds. If they want to talk about the markets, they actually have someone to do that. You could even talk to Darren. He might even be your representative. So we make it very easy and, again, convenient as well. Darren, we, you know, we, all the time we get new listeners, first-timers to the show. Please describe allocated and segregated for anybody who doesn't know. Well, these are two terms we use frequently when mm-hmm. we're talking about bullion storage. And allocated simply means that the product has been put aside specifically for that person or that business or that entity. Segregated means it's segregated from the rest of the product that's also been allocated for that entity or business. So I can have product which might be pooled, and this is a term people might hear if they're out there in the world looking at other businesses who use this frequently, and that product belongs actually to the business not the individual. The individual has a stake and has bought product and it's been allocated towards the business and each person that holds an account with that business might have a a share of that, but the product still belongs to the entity, the business that opened up the account. When we open up accounts, we want to make sure that people understand there's a huge difference. Imagine you're investing with a company anywhere in the world and they don't offer allocation and segregation. So now you've called up, you said, hey, I'd like to store some gold with you. That's fantastic. And they said, great, we can accommodate that. They give you an account and documentation and you basically never get to see your product. Nice. It's perfect, right? I mean, it's <laughs> perfect for them. Yeah, exactly. You pay a storage fee and against product you've never seen, never put your hands on, never touched. And of course, you might do that for the next 10, 15 years and you might make money. It's fantastic. If you did, that's, that's great. But you never actually know whether or not that product was put aside for you. What Jeremy was basically indicating is that there is no nothing left to chance when you're doing an account this way through our firm. You have title. You have the bars. Those bars are yours. They're actually put aside with your name, put on the stack, and those serial numbers that are attributed to those bars, if you're buying the right product, are going to be there for now until the time you decide to liquidate. So essentially, you're guaranteeing yourself you've taken them out of the system, which means nobody else can use them, can't rehypothecate them or sell them twice like they do so frequently around the world. It's not paper, so it's not like a stock. You know, you're not going to end up knowing that if our company, by God forbid, goes out of business, that you lose your, your product. You don't. Legally, it's yours. You retain ownership. You just go to the depository and say, hey, I used to be with Guildhall. I want my product. Great, no problem. And that's the way we want it so that our outcome has no bearing on what your uh, gold or silver does. Now, before the break, we talked about what $10,000 would do for you. I want to make it clear there are more than one outcome that's logical for this long-term market. The first one is that you hold your purchasing power. History has proven time and time again that your purchase power will be protected by owning gold and silver. And let me just demonstrate that point. Because in the 30s, gold was at $25 an ounce, and then they revalued it only up to $35 an ounce. Today, it's worth, in Canadian dollars, $1,500 an ounce. In U.S. dollars, 12-something. That's really retained its purchasing power while... You need you need ninety eight percent more U.S. dollars to buy the same amount of goods. Yeah, you do, and that's that's the biggest difference, right? Do I want to own one ounce when I bought it from the nineteen seventies of gold when the price was two fifty or three hundred dollars an ounce, or do I want to own one the equivalent in dollars? Because now it's going to take me three, four, five, ten times as much money to buy or own the same thing as it would back then, and if I own the gold. 
It doesn't. It stayed up with it. Even when gold is at its low point, which it's been, so this is arguably a great way to invest. Now, the second outcome, and the one that's typically more logical, at least over the last 10 years, is that at some point in the near future, we're going to get a rally. And I mean, this is going to blow the lid off of everything we've ever seen in the gold and silver market. For so long, this slingshot has been pulled back, and it's been set on autopilot so many times that people have really lost sight of what is of value. We see the headlines. They're strewn throughout every major publication around the world, telling us the global economy is improving slowly, but it is. The rich are getting richer. The poor are getting poorer, but I don't see those improvements. I don't know about the people listening, but if you do see those improvements, you're one of the lucky few. The second outcome with that same $10,000 is that I put it into gold and silver, and lo and behold, in 40 months from now, 50 months, 60 months from now, the prices of gold and silver have broken through all-time historical highs, which is not only likely... It's more than likely. It's going to happen, in my opinion. It's happened four times prior to this, all the same fundamentals in place, and timing means everything. So when Jeremy talked about in the first segment being one or two or three months too early, please listen to us. We know what we're talking about. This is the time to buy, hold gold and silver. You mentioned holding, Jeremy. Uh, we've talked a lot about the depository and all the good things that go on there. What if I come and say, guys, I like my silver, I like my gold, throw up my trunk. I want to take it home. If you want to hold it in your hand, take it home, know that it's yours, absolutely. And it's a very interesting philosophy in that sense because people who purchase gold and silver and take it home, they can't do that with a stock portfolio, which is very interesting. You can't take your stock portfolio home. It always stays with the bank and stays with that financial institution. So I do like this idea of ownership. It's mine. This is my asset. I'm taking it home. I'm going to rub it and kiss it, whatever you're doing with your with your bullion, hide it under the bed. There is a few downfalls to it. The first is that bullion is not insurable for home insurance. They see it as cash and home insurance doesn't insure cash. There's also a safety concern. How much are you holding at home in this case? Is it secure against you know, if you're putting your family at risk You know, in terms of someone attempting to steal that from you? We want to make sure that your family's safe, that your home is safe, that you're not having to worry about these things. Now, you might decide to say, okay, well, I'm going to put it in a safety deposit box then. Nothing wrong with that. You're gaining security. You're not gaining insurance because, again, the bank doesn't insure bullion. They don't insure anything in a safety deposit box. So you're gaining the security aspect of it. If you want to go visit your bullion, you got to go to the bank mm-hmm. on their hours and do that. In the depository, it's fully insured, fully secured. You get the same sort of visitation rights, quote-unquote, if you will. Now, there's a bit more of a price. If you bought 1,000 ounces of silver a year ago, your cost of doing business might be a little over $200 to have stored that. Let's say silver does nothing again this year. Okay, it's another $200. You, you, you've outlaid approximately four or $500 for cost of doing business. And on the third year, at the end of the third year, last month, 360th day of the year, the price of silver goes up to $30. Now the, now your 1,000 ounces has gone from being worth $18,000 to worth $30,000. Mm-hmm. 
you've more than covered the cost of doing business, which was well under 2% cost, but all the while you've maintained liquidity, you've maintained insurance. This is something that if you're looking to have some bullion at home, but you also want to spread it out and, and have some diversified bullion portfolio, you definitely want to consider the depository. You can contact us, ask for an investor kit, and we'll be more than happy to show you the details. Plus, face it, it's simply not light. <laughs> right? Gold and silver are heavy. I mean, from a physical standpoint, you yeah, just don't a, want to be carrying that around, right? A thousand ounces of silver weighs over 60 pounds. When the time comes that you decide you want to sell your bullion, you're going to have to go to where it's been stored, not on your timetable, but on the market's timetable. Mm-hmm. Put that into your car, drive it somewhere where it's going to need to be assayed, and then get it back to the market where at that point, Perhaps the price of silver has already come down $10, $15, $20. That's what happens at the end of bull markets. So if you want to retain the profits, you also want to consider that liquidity. You need speed to get it out there, right? Correct. We'll take a uh, short break. We're going to talk a lot about uh, natural fancy color diamonds as well. We haven't got to that part of the show. We love it. In the meantime, to start investing, one eight seven seven eight silver online to therealmoneyshow.com. While you're there, Jeremy mentioned a few minutes ago, you will still get for every $5,000 of bullion purchased at the Guildhall e-store, receive a one-gram gold maple leaf coin. More of The Real Money Show coming up. And back with more of The Real Money Show, one eight seven seven eight silver the investor kit, the precious metal advisor. Get that while you stop by. TheRealMoneyShow.com. And on right now, for every $5,000 of bullion purchased at the Guildhall e-store, you will receive a one-gram gold maple leaf coin. Want to talk diamonds? You have your hand up like it's in school, Darren. I love it. Yes, Mr. Long, go ahead. Well, it's not something I wanted to refer to in the same context as in school. I appreciate public school system here, but death is coming to the financial system. And I can tell you that if you do not own quality assets like the ones we've been discussing and the one we're about to discuss you may miss out on the opportunity of a lifetime, and I do mean lifetime. When we brought Colored Diamonds to the market and introduced Canadian investors to this option for their portfolios, nobody knew about Colored Diamonds. Nobody understood what the value of a Colored Diamond was. If I told somebody that it was like a Picasso, how many people own a Picasso? Very few. But when we started to delve into the reasons to own a Colored Diamond, we found out very quickly that they were all similar, if not exactly the same, as gold and silver. Quality assets last lifetimes, and these are quality assets. As an investor, I'm looking for return on investment. This is the type of asset that you can sleep at night owning a colored diamond. You will not wake up and have to stress about markets imploding. You will not have to worry if there's a financial crisis because history has told us that, in fact, with colored diamonds during financial crisis, they have indeed gone up, not down in price. And during the entire time that we've had our doors open since 2002, we have never seen an investor lose a dollar in a colored diamond. So what's the trade-off? If you're listening, why aren't you jumping to the phone right now to call and ask, why do I not own a colored diamond? Well, the trade-off is that there's no liquidity. You don't wake up in the morning and turn on the TV and say, hey, how are yellow diamonds doing today in the markets? Well, let's go see. You don't get any of that. It's an inside investment. People who are knowledgeable about collectibles can relate. No different than going out and buying that Picasso. But owning a colored diamond is something that you will thank yourself for doing for years to come. Whether you want the immediate impact of a return on investment 
in owning perhaps a pink or even a blue or a red diamond that's incredibly rare. Or if you want a long-term result, something that's preparing for education for the kids down the few years from now, either of those approaches is totally okay when it comes to colored diamonds. And they are an asset which has proven time and time again to return on investment. Jeremy, Darren's used the word investment about seven times in that whole spiel. So you're telling me that the the, the, the savvy investor is not buying these because they're pretty and they look nice and they're jewelry. They're buying simply for the fact that it's an investment for the future. That's a big difference, right? Yes. There, there is an aspect of the diamond choosing you. There is that bit of an aspect of, I, I like the look of mm-hmm. this one. This one's giving me a little more... There's an attraction to a particular one, but ultimately this is about keeping value, not having to worry about markets going up and down. This is about long-term thinking, knowing that these assets have never dropped in price. They only continue to rise in price. And the basis for that is so simple. It's called rarity. If you have rarity and very high standards and strong criteria for choosing the diamonds, rarity always equals value. That never goes down. The fact that they're beautiful just adds to it. But ultimately, people who own these diamonds are conservative. They don't want to have to watch markets, as Darren mentioned. And they're happy to be in the investment for five, ten years to start to see the gains. I had a, a client this week who, who took the plunge, purchased a, a colored diamond. He'd actually been watching the market for several years and saw the price gains, saw the prices creeping up. Now, that's an interesting thing to witness because a lot of times we'll talk to people who, who don't know about this market. It is a best-kept secret. It is for savvy investors. And if you were new to, let's say, the real estate market for the first time, how would you judge what's what a property is worth? You might kind of like a location. That's like saying you might like a particular color or a particular shape, but without having witnessed price increases year over year, without a friend who says, yes, I bought my place for such and such square foot and now it's this per square foot, et cetera, you wouldn't really know where you stand. So in this case, the the client did watch the market for several years. We had a, a similar situation uh, with another client uh, a couple several weeks ago. Same thing. Watched the market for a year, saw the increase in prices, became became comfortable, and was a, was able to make that purchase. There is a, a a mental shift, a paradigm shift that has to occur as well when a lot of people are buying natural fancy colored diamonds because. Most cases, diamonds are purchased as, as a gift, as, as, as my father would say, an impulse item. <laughs> and they're happy to spend a lot of money on that impulse item, but they buy it blind. They hope that the jeweler, the retailer, the friend of a friend who helped them purchase it gave them something of really good quality. And I can tell you when I'm at parties, it's the first thing that someone asks me when they find out that I deal in colored diamonds. Oh, I bought this. What do you think? It's, is, you know, is, did I do well? Yep. Well, why are you asking me? I thought you trusted the person that <laughs> you purchased it from. When we take a diamond client through understanding this market, 
We show them what to look for when buying a, a diamond. We show them that transparency. We don't have to duck the quality of our product. That's why we're so transparent. We're going to show you what the ideal white diamond would be so that you know what the ideal color diamond would be, and then you can understand what the quality is and understand the rarity that's behind that quality so that you can understand what the value is of this. And the value, we see it year over year over year. The prices just keep rising, so it's a wonderful market to be a part of, but we appreciate that this is new for a lot of people. And all it takes is spending a half an hour to learn about it you can make an appointment, set up with, with a, a representative at Guildhall, and they will show you why this market is so effective for investors. one eight seven seven eight silver You can go online to guildhalldiamonds.com as well. So I've decided, guys, okay, I want to get my beak wet. I want to start with my first diamond. Where, where, where would I go? I'm not going to jump to a blue or red probably, right, Darren? You'd start at a yellow, John. I mean, right. that's the most common sense way to, to go forward. Now, that being said, there's a caveat. It depends on the type of investor you are. If you come to our firm and you identify yourself as being an accredited investor and you have a million plus liquidity, you're going to start with something bigger. But the average person who wants to spend between ten and 20000 is going to start with a yellow diamond. And we hope that if they're listening to what we're saying, they'll also own some gold and silver as well, because that's the best of all those worlds combined. Now, to start, you could be starting with a yellow diamond with as little as about eleven, twelve thousand dollars. That's Canadian dollars, and that's easy to get going. That type of diamond has a return uh, year over year of give or take between five and twelve percent, and that's something that you can send to the bank, so to speak. Now, that's not to say that it won't get better than that. Just that's what the consistency has shown us over the last twenty. 30 years. Now, from there, I move up a little bit. I might want to go into a yellow that's slightly bigger or deeper in color. So I might move from a fancy to a fancy intense. Now I'm in the twenty dollars to $30,000 range, maybe slightly higher. And I own a slightly larger diamond with a little more intensity, brilliance. The return on a diamond like that is going to be in and around the neighborhood of 12 to 15%. And if I go to an even deeper yellow, which is considered a vivid I might again have a diamond that's over a carat, meets the four C's of criteria, is everything that we could hope for in a diamond, but is going to start in a range of around thirty to forty thousand dollars. So again, there's a range to meet everybody's budget, and then of course we move to pinks. Pinks are going to start in a thirty to forty thousand dollar range. And then we would move from there to blues and to reds. Now, there are some greens in between, some oranges that we get from time to time, and those are very rare diamonds, but they may not appeal to you as a first-time buyer. Either way, no matter what your first-time experience is bound to be, there's a diamond out there that has your name on it. And as I said earlier, for me, I keep it simple because I'm just looking at what is the ability for me to have a return on investment within a fair amount of time. If I look at pinks as an example, and the first pink that I bought, I own that diamond from, let's say, for example, about, I think, 15 months I own that diamond. And in that 15 months, that particular diamond between bought and sell Mm -hmm. to the next person that owned it so that I could upgrade to a larger pink, that diamond returned in 15 months just a little bit over uh, 30%. Wow. So, I mean, that was one diamond that I use as an example when I'm yeah. talking to my clients face-to-face in the office to show them what the potential is. And again, we are all living examples of what we're doing in gold and silver and colored diamonds. Jeremy owns them. I own them. Paul owns them. 
goodness gracious knows Paul owns them, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But we are all living examples of what has happened in the market and how to profit from it. So if you're sitting there thinking, hey, I'm sick and tired of the same old BS, buying stocks and never knowing what the heck is going on in my portfolio, same old thing of every year just putting money somewhere away and never knowing what's going to happen to it, Come and get excited about making money again. Put a smile on your face and own an asset as quality as a colored diamond. And there are so many ways to value that diamond. It's not even funny. Just the return on investment alone may not be the only thing that's exciting to you. You may well be looking to make an investment to wear this diamond. And you talk about it, John, all the time. You always ask us that wealth to wear is very important. One eight seven seven eight silver the real money show dot com and guildhalldiamonds.com. How does that work, Jeremy? Wealth to wear. So this is one of the most rewarding parts of, of this job because when someone I, – I don't want to take a shot at the retailers out there, but when we start to demonstrate the quality of the type of diamonds that we have that are already so ex- more extremely rare than white diamonds and that the quality of our colored diamonds are head and shoulders above what most people buy in terms of a white diamond, they start to get excited we start to get excited because now not only are you buying something that is so much more different than what everyone else has, but its quality is so much better and you can own that and put it into a piece of jewelry and enjoy it. And in 20 years, unlike a lot of jewelry that will be worth what you paid for, this will be worth a lot more. And you had it designed so it was done exactly how you wanted it if you didn't like the idea that you were working on and you change midstream, that's completely okay. We have a, a wonderful designer that will, will help you come up with some ideas, add some, some flourishes to a piece, and you get your own design setting, a diamond that is better than most people would have, and it's going to attract attention as well. You've got so many great reasons to want to own a colored diamond and create a a design for it yourself that it really deserves, again, having that discovery session where you can learn about the quality of natural fancy colored diamonds and therefore the value of natural fancy colored diamonds and the rarity of natural fancy colored diamonds that you can get excited about the type of gains that could be had by owning such a rare asset. And you know what? I really want to delve in the last segment to a little bit more about what the next 60 months hold, why we would be buying a diamond, maybe gold and silver, and talk about the reasons that we should not just take all of the headlines at face value. Let's talk about what we really see happening and why we want to own these types of quality assets. Then you're going to realize it's common sense. And before you make the decision to invest in anything, make sure you get educated. Call us at Guildhall. Ask for the free material. It's free. We're happy to give it to you. And we're not going to twist your arm about anything that you want to ask questions about. We're happy to facilitate that meeting, get you familiarized with colored diamonds, and of course, gold and silver. Couple different ways online, realmoneyshow.com and guildhalldiamonds.com. Make sure you grab the 10 step buying guide if you're thinking about 
delving into a diamond for the first time. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver as well. And for a, a limited time, it's still on right now. For every five thousand dollars of bullion purchased at the Guildhall e store, receive a one gram gold maple leaf coin. More of the Real Money Show coming up. And back with more of the Real Money Show. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver to invest online. TheRealMoneyShow.com. Click on the e store. Uh, I got our final segment here, guys. Let's do a bit of a wrap up. Get back into why we should be investing and some of the warning signs uh, you can look forward to this year, Darren. Well, before we finish that segment, I want to make clear a couple of things. Number one, we've talked about some important aspects of owning hard assets today. We've specifically touched on gold, silver, and colored diamonds. These are the type of assets which if you look and research and do your own looking into these assets, you'll find have been around for thousands of years. So when we talk about these assets, we're not talking about it as though they're new things. In the 70s, the last time we had a bull market in precious metals, I want to remind everybody that it's more than likely if you're a listener, your mom or dad or aunt or uncle probably had silver coins in their pockets. It was commonplace. You had a little bit of gold at home. This was common place. And this is really a departure from what has been totally a a revolution in paper products, things that we can't trust anymore, uh, and a full circle change back to common sense investing. And I've written about it in uh, an extensive extensive formats, different different places around the world have picked that up. But in the Precious Metals Advisor, our weekly uh, news uh, e-newsletter. It goes out to you. It's free and it's something that you should have because we discussed these topics there. And it's new and redesigned. You got it. Plus, we also have the new blog on the on the website at guildhallwealth.com. So lots of new things happening at Guildhall. All in one place. And it's perfect to get to. And we promised before the uh, break that we would get to silver, gold, truth versus real uh, hard lies. And there are a lot of these out there. I mean, we've talked about it at length. It's one of my pet peeves, people telling you things are going to be okay. And really, I have a saying nowadays that I use when I'm talking to people in my office, and that's very simple. The stock market is where confidence goes to die. And that's really what it comes down to for me. I've stopped investing in the stock market. You will not at this particular moment in time find a dollar of my investable money in the stock market in any way, shape, or form. I've closed out every portfolio I have. I'm not recommending it as financial advice to you. I'm simply saying that's what I have done. Now, what are the other things that I own? gold, silver, colored diamonds. I've done it for a long time. And the reason is simple. When I look at the horizon, I don't hear about the antiquated equations being used to show you that employment is improving in the world's largest economy, the U.S., because these are part-time workers. They don't account for anything. It's not career positions. I'm not hearing that the middle class is going to get bigger in 10 years. It's going to continue to shrink, and the very people that are getting richer are the ones making and setting the policy and guiding you and how to spend your money. So if you're listening to a show like this, you've already taken it upon yourself to make that change. Taking the next, the next step to get in contact with us should be very simple. But when I look ahead, what do I see? I see the possibility of a derivative crisis in Europe. Anybody want to own Greek bonds right now? I see you know, tactical nukes in a place like Ukraine or maybe a cyber attack on the U.S. I hate thinking about these things. It's a negative part of what I have to do for a living, but I think about them because it's important as they relate to the investments that will make money during these very difficult financial crises. 
I'm going to tell you that in the next 60 months, there's going to be a lack of confidence. And in purchasing power in particular, it's going to go down the drain because currencies are going to die. And that's what's happening right now. The U.S. is, you know, it's happening right before us. In the short term, we measure success and we do it too frequently. But the truth is that U.S. dollar, as the Aiden sister said in last week's interview, is on a long-term bear market. Some currencies, even stock markets and bonds, are going to implode in the next 60 months. Confidence in political and financial leaders is declining. Gold and silver are going to retain their value while currencies sink into the sunset of devaluation and we get quantitative easing to infinity. Nominal prices for gold and silver are going to go far higher. I'm telling you that right now. And this is going to be based on the loss of confidence in paper currencies, which is already happening, as well as the purchasing power of those currencies. Remember, the only thing that's backing that Canadian dollar bill you're pulling out of your pocket this afternoon, tomorrow, whenever you're going to pay for something, is your confidence. If you walk into that store in 60 months from now and we're in a financial crisis, do you think the store owner is going to say, yeah, I'll take that willingly if the, you, if the currency is falling to bits? He won't. He'll say, I'll take 10 of them for the same thing. So watch these signs. Watch for that lack of confidence and understand that it never hurts to have a little bit of money put into these hard assets we've talked about. Now, we've told you how easy it is to own gold and silver. It's physical. You can buy it in coin or bar form. We're going to give you some advice about that. You can store it at our depository. Come and visit it whenever you like. You can own it, take it home. We pointed that out before and some of the obvious downsides and pros and cons that are involved in that. And you can add a fancy colored diamond. Now, if I am able to do this, I'm going to assure myself that at least if there is a financial crisis on the horizon, which I believe there's going to be, I'm in good position to protect my wealth, protect the hard-earned money that I've had to make and that I come by very difficult to do so in this day and age. It's hard to come by an honest living now. And if you want to protect yourself, these are the assets that you own. One eight seven seven eight silver online to the real money show.com. Jeremy, you mentioned coins and bars. Is there any particular reason why you'd go one way or the other? A lot of people will start with coins. Uh, there is a larger premium on coins. Uh, again, if we want to look at gold and silver as honest currency, if I buy a foreign currency, I've got to pay for that. There, there's a there's a spread. You pay at the bank. They charge a little bit more than what the actual rate might be. Mm-hmm. And I find a lot of investors new to the market have to grapple with that for the first time. What are the different premiums on the different products? The, the more minting, the smaller the product, the smaller the denomination, the higher the premium is going to be to purchase that. So it's okay to have small amounts and divisible amounts. This is a great way to get into the market for the first time. People who are putting a lot more bullion in their portfolio will then move to the larger bars because there's a smaller premium on that, which means you're closer to spot price when you're buying it. Because at the end of the day, when you go to sell, you're going to sell at spot price minus costs and commissions. So the the lower you can keep those premiums down, the better. So we often find that uh, obviously being in Canada, Canadians love Royal Canadian Mint product and we do have the silver coins, maple coins, gold co- gold maple coins. We've got the uh, Royal Canadian Mint 10-ounce bars and 100-ounce bars. For those who are looking to purchase 
larger bars, you now want to start to think about the security of that and storage of that. And that's where the Guildhall Depository really is successful with that because we store your product. We separate it out from everybody else's holdings. There's no commingling of your product. You get your serial numbers. You'll get a title receipt. You'll get a delivery receipt of your product saying exactly what serial numbers you own and what bars you own. You can go and see your product and visit it whenever you want. There's no counterparty risk. It's outside the banking system. So anyone who wants to take their bullion home, the reason they're doing that is they're saying, I no longer want to have my Canadian currency or my U.S. currency in that currency and in the bank. I want it in gold and silver currency, and I want it outside the banking system where if anything were to happen, I have no issues whatsoever. If you were living in Russia in the last six months, you either owned gold or you didn't own gold. Now, if you owned gold, you protected your wealth. If you didn't, anything in rubles, uh, denominated assets, you've lost a lot of your net worth. If you were if you were in Argentina within the last several years, same thing. Venezuela, same thing. Uh, Canada in the last couple months, same thing. Gold and silver in Canadian dollars is more expensive today than it was several months ago. So what do we learn here? Gold is more expensive in many currencies except for the U.S. dollar within the last several months. Putin in Russia is is selling oil for U.S. dollars and instantly converting it to gold. Hmm. That's what he thinks of the U.S. dollar. Now, again, owning gold is is having sovereignty. It's it's having independence from central bankers, from that system. And that's why it's so important to have some physical assets that are that do not have any counterparty risk. It's why it's so important. Now we're not saying that one should own fifty percent of their portfolio in it, but the industry standard, what most of the analysts say, uh, a lot of the gurus the legends of the business will say 10 to 15% should should be the perfect hedge for you should your stock portfolio see a hit should things not go perfectly the way everyone on on the major networks say it's going to go in the economy if things don't go that way if we do see the next crisis we know that gold and silver did extremely well after 2008 it it had an amazing run, and we think that we're going to see that again. As Darren mentioned, uh, an article where we we definitely see the bottom. And finally, looking at the price of gold and silver, if you are new to this market, will get you nowhere. Even for those who've been in the market for several years, you get nowhere but frustrated Mm -hmm. with the market. You need to get behind that chart and that figure and look at demand. Demand is where everything is told. And if we look at even just um, Silver Eagle investment in in 2015, the sales are continuing to be through the roof. And this is something that we need to consider, especially even if you look at 2014, 84 ounces for every ounce of gold was purchased through the U.S. Mint. Ten years ago, it was 40. Right. Wow. Doubled in ten years. So, there's not a lot of silver out there. When does this? When when do we finally see the market start to make sense? Because right now the price is so undervalued, it doesn't make sense. Just as the U.S. dollar being high doesn't make sense. At some point, the markets will have to, as Darren said, rationally find an equilibrium. 
And when that happens, Blow we up. feel that, that gold and silver are going to slingshot, and you want to be in it before that happens. Before we wrap it up, Darren, you got an article. I'm looking at it right now. It says, Calm Before the Storm. It's the theme that we were yeah. working off, and I'm telling you, it's the exact thing we're talking about. It's by a gentleman named Andrew Hoffman. It was posted on Silverseek this week, and uh, he just talks about it that, you know, currently we're at a crossroads, and politically, economically, socially, things are changing. And in order to uh, compensate, we've had to pull a lot of wool over a lot of eyes. And that, as a nation, is not the only thing we've done to compensate for those changes in those big, huge systems. We've done a lot more. And the truth of the matter is, if you look at the logical argument for owning these types of assets, you'll find that the root of ownership here is making money. And I mean, you know, I hate to be pointing to something that's greedy, but the fact is, I don't want to lose my wealth. I don't want to lose my money, and I don't want to lose anything that I've worked so hard to gain. These are assets which protect them, and you need to own them. So hopefully you'll be listening, and uh, we thank you for doing that. And the number to call in closing, one eight seven seven eight silver online to therealmoneyshow.com. For natural fancy color diamonds, you can check out guildhalldiamonds.com. Give them a call and start investing today and still for every $5,000 of bullion purchased at the Guildhall e-store. You should have a look at that. Click away. Receive a one-gram gold maple leaf coin. This has been The Real Money Show.